We're recording. Hey guys, Pacey here. <laughs> um, welcome to episode two. Uh, this is the emergency podcast. I know we have neglected our um, duties, but you know, life gets in the way. Things happen. We're busy. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're just here. It's just me and Chloe tonight. <laughs> Wow, um, our third counterpart, Alyosha, really wanted to record tonight and then um, mm-hmm. decided that he's going to sleep. So, Chris and I are doing an emergency episode. I got some pizza and I'm hitting the THC vape. We're in a Dude, good... I was going to ask if you were high. You sound high as fuck. No, well, actually, it's not even from that. It's actually from watching the Mario movie. Which I just came back from. The fucking Super Mario movie. Okay, sounds gay. It's gay. It's very gay. It, it's, it's you know. Is it like a kid's movie? Yeah, it's a fucking kid's movie, dude. It's for it's the Mario, Super Mario. Did you like see it in theater? Yeah, I just went to the theaters. I'm literally back and I have pizza like in front of my face. Oh, that's nice. Oh. Uh- I just did my taxes. Want to fucking kill myself? I hate looking at numbers on a screen. Uh, that's nothing any woman should be doing. I feel sure. very not in my divine feminine. For right sure, dude. Yeah, you should not have to be doing that. You should have a man taking care of that. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know where. How did we get here? Um, this is a bad. This is like I don't know. Understand. So you did your taxes alone. Yeah, dude. Um, don't we all? Do you get your taxes done? I, I don't, but I do know people that, that get it done by people. Oh, no. I mean, I, I guess I could, but... Yeah, I just I'm didn't run on a... woman who can do her own taxes. I just don't want to. <laughs> for variety, dude. I mean, for sure. I get it. Uh, did you get a bigger turn? <laughs> I actually did. How much was yours? I'm not gonna tell you. <laughs> okay, then why? I'm just as a, I'm just saying I got. I, you don't have to give me a dollar amount, but like I got a good percentage. Yeah, I mean it's uh, the biggest return I've ever gotten. But then again, like I'm making yeah. a lot more money than last year. I'm making almost like double the amount of money I was making last year. Okay. Wow, big fucking jump, Chloe. Chloe Bap. Let's fucking go. Um, I'm actually trying to share my screen to you right now. Um, there we go. Cool. Okay, yeah, it's nice to have something to look at. I know last episode we recorded, um, I was using my AirPods, and I think it, sound like ter- it sounded terrible. So I'm just like sitting speaking into my laptop this time so hopefully the sound quality is a little better <laughs> i hope so too um we're i'm gonna do something i'm gonna try that noise cancellation thing because last time i just picked up all my mouse clicks um so apparently there's like this noise cancellation thing we'll see if it works uh, oh yeah mouse clicks so what the fuck have you been up to, Chloe? Like you're you're popping off on Twitter. Hold on, let's go to your Twitter account, Chloe. If I just put in Chloe, I'm pretty sure it'll come up. 
Wow, there actually is somebody ahead of you. <laughs> There's one person ahead of you. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but there is one person. Um, but in our number two, wow, dude, you're almost at 1,500 uh, followers. I was going to say subscribers. I'm uh, no longer a low B. I'm a mid B now. Right? Yeah, that's like a mid B, I think. Mid B. I was looking at... Um... <laughs> There was some tweet I saw today uh, where they're ranking, like, what constitutes a low B. Mm. Um, and I think it's, like, under a 1,000 if you're a low B. And then once you hit a 1,000, uh, like, you're, I don't, I don't, ugh, who cares? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter. Who cares? You're still, I mean, dude, like, that's still quite, quite, you're getting, you know, quite the reach or whatever. But I... I've been chilling. I um, oh my god. Well, hold on. We've met in person since oh. our first episode. And I went talk about that. At... No, I didn't even think about that, bro. Right, it's been a while. Um, yeah. So Chris and I met in person in New York. Uh, I went on like a little impulsive last minute trip. Um, yeah. to New York. We met in person. We. Uh, drink wine straight out of the bottle on the pier. Um, you make it seems like it was a romantic if we went on a date. No, it was not. It was a bro. It was a, it was a, bro. It was a bro wine. It was like, it's very bro. It was bro coded, dude. Uh, we were with our code. friend, we're with our dear friend Sardine, Sardine Consultant, oh, friend of the honor. Yeah. Um, yeah, we went to a weird, uh, literary event that ended up being published in the new york Times. that i didn't even get in the fucking picture i was literally sitting right there i know where we were sitting and i we I just had to leave early because of the dark empath like i just can't believe it but dude do you see now that the dark empath is apparently this cool like he alan bro he actually is the dark empath yes yeah, so for those i guess who don't know we went to this um it's called a 10 tense magazine uh they had a party in this uh like water building i didn't know anything about it uh we we're invited by my cool uh well-connected friend nick um apparently this space was very popular among the dine square crowd and it was like the last event ever being held there um i guess there are journalists there um from the New York Times and elsewhere. Oh, really? Uh, I don't know. That article, that was a Times article? Yeah, it was a New oh, York Times. Um, but essentially, it was like this poetry reading, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, and lots of people were just like sitting on the floor. Chris, you should um, put the photo like on the, <laughs> on the jump on the jump. But yeah, Chris was the photo. Honestly, like I wasn't um, at the event that much. Oh, you missed it. Yeah, I. You missed the dark. It was kind of crowded in there. It was literally so crowded. It was musty as fuck. People were like smoking inside. Me being one of them, so I was contributing to the problem. Uh, and like, yeah, I like went around on a walk around the block with yeah it, it was like a gas chamber like it was just it, it was very oppressive uh it no, <laughs> it really like 
honestly when you know that like, like meme or whatever it's like i know it smelled crazy in there fact. Like, no oh, oh yeah like it definitely definitely had a scent let's just say that definitely a scent a certain scent and you could feel it you could feel the scent when you could feel yeah. the scent that's when you could really smell it i'm um, actually um cool uh so there was a poet at the event uh, oh and it's like the dark but what's his name nico walker oh i'm sure i have no clue i'm trying to find the article um then on the flop uh, oh wait i'll read the article if you have it please because i just looked up new york times tense magazine nothing came up um fuck hold on i have it in my i've been spelling tense wrong no, it doesn't mention anything about like the tense magazine part of it. It's about that. Dude. Okay, so type in the last days of Beckett's. Uh, uh, that's the event space. So it was called Beckett's. Um, a smoky New York literary. Oh, okay. Um. I, I oh my god, I'm fucking seeing this now, dude. Um, oh wait, but it's a Times article, so I can't read it. Oh wait, no, you get one free. <laughs> Just uh, save the photo here. I think I'm. I, I know. I'm gonna do it. I got it under control. Do not worry. Oh, there's a there's a trick I have to show you actually, where you can um like get around paywalled articles. Oh uh, shit. Okay. I'll, I'll show it to you later. Um. Okay. That sounds fucking. But. Yeah, so Chris and I met in person. We hung out. We ended up going to this like weird event uh, that, funny enough, ended up in the New York Times. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, thought they were about it. Um, apparently, there was a cool like poet there who calls himself the Dark Empire. No, I don't, I don't think he calls himself the Dark Empire. I think it's a valid character. Yeah, explain explain the Dark Empath. All right, so the, this guy, um, here we go. All right, I found the picture. Uh -huh. oh. Yeah, so. This uh, event space. All right, so essentially, I'm I'm sitting here, essentially, I'm not in the photo because I left earlier, but essentially, we were sitting down Indian style, and this man who sounds like, I mean, I don't know. I guess this is like some like Lou Reed impression. Like, it was just, it, I don't know what this guy was doing. Um, he he definitely, um, he looked like a character. Um, he kind of looked like David Foster Wallace actually. He looked like David Foster Wallace and sounded like Lou Reed. I'm honestly pissed that I missed this guy. Yeah, and he just like kind of schlepped himself like the way that he was talking, uh, the way that he was walking, like was like he. He walked like um like the Grim Reaper. Like I don't know how else to describe like how this man walked. But yeah, I mean, whatever you can imagine when I say walked like the Grim Reaper, that's how he walked. And he uh walked up to the stool, the podium or whatever, and uh proceeded to light a cigarette and give us um I think what was an excerpt from his book. And the Dark Empath, I think, is a possibly a chapter. Or if it's just like a part of the book, I'm not sure. And uh, I don't know, dude. It was just very funny the way this guy was talking. Um, also, like just the the prose that he was spitting. I mean, it, it was bars. I'll say that. Like, he was definitely spitting some fucking bars. 
um like uh, you know um, no so his name i guess we figured out who it was his name's nico walker um he wrote a novel called cherry which i guess was um adopted into a movie uh which i i don't know i, I haven't read it i haven't yeah. seen it so this guy like rob banks or some shit why yeah, he um was in the army and i guess he like got kicked out of the army <laughs> um gets addicted to opiates and starts robbing banks um honestly love that hottest thing a guy can be is a bank robber for sure uh, <laughs> but yeah uh, after like reading about his lore a little bit i'm really upset that i missed his reading i bet it was interesting i know this is like so sad that like we're talking about a party that like we definitely were at it's just there's now there's like literally no uh store there's no record <laughs> that we were there so now it's just okay you know, you're just gonna have to take our word so this Nico guy, he um, brought the concept about the dark empath, um, and we just started riffing on it just because uh, I like how, uh, like, like I am dark well, empath. <laughs> well, I mean, so I googled dark empath, and it's on like a psych website. So I guess this is like an actual. <laughs> Are you on Psychology Today? I'm on Psych Central. So, okay, it says, what is a dark empath? A dark empath is someone who uses cognitive empathy at the expense of others. They can recognize someone's situation without sympathizing with them. Oh, yeah, I think I, I think I see a dark empath. Uh, you think you're the dark empath is what you're telling me. No, oh my god. Okay, so this term makes so much sense because I, I've i always coined myself as an empathetic person. Um, like, I can read vibes very well and pick up on someone's vibe or uh, what they're going through. Like, in the moment, I'm really good at matching people, um, like, in person and over text. Mm -hmm. um, I can, like, understand their thoughts and perspective um but i never really liked assigning the word empath to myself because it comes with the connotation that you feel like sympathetic for their situation and um i think it's yeah there's a difference between like being able to be empathetic towards somebody and also sympathizing with them like they don't always go hand in hand um i feel like empath like bitches bitches who be like oh i'm an empath they're like oh i feel all the pain of the world and yeah. because of it um oh my god like it affects me so much but I, I feel like i've always had the ability to empathize with people and understand but um i have like an emotional detachment from it yeah unless i'm uh specifically like close to that person but even then sometimes um i have a hard time like being sympathetic i wouldn't say sympathy is one of my strengths uh so yeah i <laughs> after reading uh this description of the dark empath i uh i think i really do be the dark empath wow uh, 
So it says, how do dark empaths think and feel? Um, a lack of pleasure from social rewards, despite feeling the need for attention, high attunement to others' experiences and circumstances, emotional distance or detachment, a drive toward grandiosity, conflicted by intense self-criticism. Holy shit, bro. All right, I mean, do you feel this way? Like, is this what you feel on a daily basis um honestly yes i think i can uh, that must be a very hard life points except for the first one uh where it says a lack of pleasure from social rewards despite feeling the need for attention um i mean <laughs> okay i would say i'm pretty attention as you all know on twitter.com but i i do feel like the social reward uh, oh, i mean that. chloe you, you haven't always like this is like a new thing for you you were always like going viral like this so you you, you this is just you now but you haven't always been like this yeah well I, I do feel pleasure from social rewards so i think that's really well is it social award reward or is it like uh manipulating you if you get what i want for word <laughs> diving into this more how do dark empaths act mm. so the common behaviors among dark empaths vindictive behaviors such as gossiping bullying or intimidating use of emotional manipulation tactics or taking advantage of others physical aggression towards others and extra I mean, Do you fight? I'm a frail woman. I'm not using physical aggression. But like, if you, if you did, like, if you had the capabilities, like, you, you, you're, oh, yeah. you're such an empath. You're such a dark empath. You know your own weaknesses. If, uh, <laughs> sometimes I really do just want to fight. Um, I think it's my Aries moon, um, makes me prone to like aggressiveness. Um, but I never, acted out in physical ways really because i'm a pussy <laughs> no I, I was never one of those girls who like fought in middle school i was always friends with the girls who would fight um but i would never mm -hmm. fight it's very unsightly of a woman to fight oh yeah for sure dude dude if a girl starts fighting it's like bro like chill out like i'm not going anywhere near you yeah i um I like to keep it classy. Um, I mean, you try you you fight with your mind, right? You try yeah, to manipulate it, them. You're a dark empath. You, you, the dark empath fights with their mind. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, on, and also fight with with your own mind. This is a, this is a tragedy when we think yeah. about this. Uh, this this is truly like quite a tragedy. The dark empath. I mean, they're they're dealing with a lot. You know, they're. Right. They're dealing with all the emotions of everybody else, but they've also have this constant, like, evil, like, demon on both shoulders, essentially telling them, um, you know, I know you, you feel their feelings, but, like, those don't really matter. Like, it's actually, the only thing that matters is you. So, go out there and fuck shit up. Um, this article's also saying that dark empaths are dark triad personalities um dark triad is like <laughs> the dark triad of uh narcissism psychopathy yeah. machiavellianism um 
Yeah, dude, you know, this shit, why is this shit, like, so popular amongst, like, this crowd? Like, I don't understand. Like, what's, why does everybody have borderline personality disorder? <laughs> what's going on? I mean, BPD is not, like, a dark triad. It's thing. actually, it's actually a, the part of the light triad. It's actually. Very <laughs> <laughs> light. Oh, I don't know. No, there's no light. I don't think there is. That would be cool, though. Well, psychology is interesting. What do you mean? Like, why is everyone so interested in it? I'm saying, why does everybody have borderline personality disorder? Um, oh, God, I was listening to a podcast today, um, The Computer Room. It's uh, it's from uh, this girl, Default Friend, and Poetry. I remember you telling me about that. Yeah. They're too, they're cool. Uh, they have a great pod. Uh, definitely recommend it for anyone listening. Computer room. Um, but uh, default friend. Uh, she mentioned something funny. She said, uh, "What did she say? Um, something about how like just being so online now, people either go like one of two ways. They either go get BPD or just turn autistic yeah, from." Right. Like the information overload. So one could say that like everyone being BPD now could just be. It's just information. It's too much information. It's the opposite end of the spectrum of like the internet turning people autistic, right? Like the internet is also turning people BPD, I guess, depending on what? your personality. Like, <laughs> um, or, or a narcissist. I mean, I thought that was like the whole big thing, like when fucking instagram like came on the scene was like everybody was taking selfies and it was like everyone's a narc everyone was saying that everyone's That's so narcissistic vanity, right like there's a difference between vanity and narcissism well i'm saying one could feed into the other well yeah for sure i feel like vanity is definitely an important part of narcissism but um I think uh, these days people just conflate the terms a lot. Um, they think vanity equals narcissism, but that's actually not the case. Like every girl selfies, really, like every girl is online, I would say is pretty vain. Even if you hate yourself or hate the way you look, like you can still be vain. Um, For sure. I don't know. <laughs> No, I, I know what you're saying. It's it, it's just the nature of everything. But the thing is, is like before, um, you know, Instagram or whatever, it was like, you know, no one was really doing that. So it was like, so it just increased it tenfold. Um, and not only that, it, not only did it increase tenfold because um, uh, people felt um, like a, a desire to, but also um, they felt a, an obligation to. Because that was part of like, like that's like social media it, that is like social currency, right? It's like status, and like now, like that's like an aspect that matters that didn't matter before twenty twelve or whenever when Instagram came out. Um, I mean, I I've been online for a long time. Uh, like I started, I started with MySpace. Uh, that was like my main, my. If we really want to go way back, my first form of social media ever was a website called Pixo. Wow, uh, you were you were old. Yeah, so I had a Pixo like in fourth or fifth grade. It was just like this weird website where you could like 
customize pages and upload photos and like write text blogs and um they had something called a shout box that you could put on your page uh which was just this anonymous little chat box where somebody could type their name and a message in it and the shout box has like everything recorded in it uh, that was my first experience with anonymous hate online uh kids from my school would like go to my pixo and uh like write anonymous hate in my shout box yeah, uh, that's brutal. Um, but yeah, I had Pixo and then after Pixo, um, Zanga was like a blog. Oh, I heard, I remember Zanga. Yeah. Zanga, you could, it was pretty much just like a blog where you would write blog entries, um, for like all the little poetry hoes and whatnot. But that would be, dude, but you must have been a fucking child. Yeah. I was on Zanga and then MySpace was like the big one. Of course. Uh, that, that was the one but even when i was on pixo i was uploading pictures of myself to like my pixo page that were taken with like a digital cam like my friend's mom's digital camera we would like go to her house and like have little photo shoots and like upload this to pixo and then that just carried over to myspace um I feel like MySpace was the glory days of social media, but even then, um, people uploaded photos of themselves. Um, yeah, MySpace was huge for me, like, in fucking third, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, MySpace and then Facebook, obviously, everyone's familiar. Um, but all, I think uh, I truly came into myself, like, on the internet, after I got off Facebook and got on Tumblr, <laughs> I feel like Tumblr was the formative uh, social media experience for me. Um, yeah, not, honestly, yeah, nothing could ever beat Tumblr. I mean, uh, but I, and then lots of vanity there, selfie posting, etc. Anonymous. Uh, of paint. course, of course, but I'm I'm also gonna throw in, and it's not, you know, a traditional. Uh, social media website but youtube youtube comes yeah. out i think when i actually i think it came out earlier than i think i think it came out like 2004 or some shit um but it wasn't actually like popular um youtube i'm saying was like also a big um oh yeah it came out in 2005 there's a big um part of that social media culture uh post myspace so this is like Facebook, YouTube, and then I guess Tumblr? Yeah, yeah, I would say YouTube was pretty big around the same time as Tumblr. Um, like YouTube, I think, really gave rise to um, monetizing off of being a social media influencer, right? Like, I feel like the first true influencers were YouTubers. Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. And then it spiked into instagram um obviously and now tiktok uh yeah. dude but like before that there was fucking vine river vine of course i I never used it dude i never used vine i had one but i never i didn't use it that often but of course i've seen like all the viral yeah i've, like, I've seen vines i believe I, on YouTube, you see everything. So, like, I've I've been a steady, I've been a steady YouTube supporter since yeah. probably its inception. It's honestly 
It's kind of insane the amount of YouTube I've watched throughout my life. Oh, really? Um, I remember when YouTube first came on the scene back in the day, like um, maybe like 2007. Well, I mean, it wasn't first on the scene, but like when no, when it would first... picked up steam. Yeah, when it started gaining traction, there is like, of course, a handful of like viral videos, um, like <laughs> stupid stuff like Charlie the Unicorn. Oh like, my that's god! Yes. Bro, that yeah. that shit was like that was what YouTube was. It was like these yeah, weird, and weird videos. Remember Mosh? It was like yeah, yeah. two guys who would just like lip sync to the Pokemon theme song and like other shit. Um, there's also that, like, Volt, uh, the Dumbledore video, the Harry Potter puppets. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know what the fuck this shit is. Oh my god. It's, uh, oh my god. Hold on. You should, I got this like, somehow, it's, uh, <laughs> what's the name of the video? It's called, like, Harry Potter, uh, puppet? Oh, Puppet Pals. Harry Potter Puppet Pals. It's one of the first, um, like, viral videos. I I vaguely remember this, actually. Yeah, it's like, Dumbledore. Yeah, I vaguely remember it. Yeah. There's there's so many videos. Dude, it's so crazy that, like, you remember this two-minute video from 16 years ago. You know what I mean? Dude, I've always been um, very online. (laughs) I... I'm an e-girl. I'm not kidding. Um, I honest, I was a little. I had a little bit of Tumblr fame back in the day. Um, yeah, I won't get into that. But I don't. Uh, and also, all this social media. Obviously, people have like multiple forms of social media at once. Um, like back when Tumblr was really big, I also had Instagram and Twitter. And I feel like I would balance my time between all three of them pretty well. Like I was really active on Tumblr, Twitter, and Instagram. What about, uh, um, what about Reddit? Were you like a big Redditor back then or no? Uh, no, not back then. Um, I actually was late to the Reddit game. I got really into Reddit. Uh, like in 2018, 2019, um, there was one point where I just like deleted literally all my social media except for Reddit and just lurked it mainly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, oh, going back to what I was saying, um, like back then, I feel like uh, I used to juggle social media a lot better, um, even though I was very addicted to all of it. But now... I only have, like, the brain capacity to be addicted to, like, one form of social Same, dude, yeah. I can't, dude, that's why, dude, the fucking, the Red Scare subreddit, like, I never, ever go on it anymore. But, like, I would, yeah. I literally would not have this podcast with you right now if it wasn't for that fucking subreddit. And, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even on it anymore. Yeah, I wouldn't be where I am either without that stupid subreddit. <laughs> why not, bro? Your pod. Yeah, I it was fun while it lasted, um, but now I'm, like, completely addicted to Twitter, so I have no brain capacity to even get on Reddit anymore. Um, yeah, I never like, looked at Instagram. I used to be an Instagram girl, dude. I was, like, a dude to 
Instagram. But now, yeah, I never even look at it. I open it maybe once a day. Bro, what the fuck is there to even do on Instagram? There's nothing. Honestly, Instagram's falling off. Um, it's kind of turning into Facebook. I mean, obviously, Facebook like acquired Instagram. Um, there, you just can't do it. Like, there's no, there's no, a, there's no, like you just you could just comment on a photo. Like that's it. <laughs> Um, at least for me at this point, like I just use it to check up on like what my real life friends are doing. My Instagram persona and my Twitter persona are like, yeah, dude, there's like different personas for each kind of fucking platform. Yeah. Um, I mean, my Instagram makes me look like an art hoe because I, uh, I take like film photography and I post my photography like on my Instagram and. I was using it um, pretty heavily to, like, network with other photographers um, and what. But, yeah, I just, uh, I don't care anymore, really. It's uh, Twitter. I <laughs> think Twitter is so much more fun. It really is. It's, it's honestly, it's so fucking stupid. Um, and I need to get off of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> too, I, dude, I don't even want to admit, like, what my daily screen time is. I don't even check. I've, I don't know. You keep on giving me numbers. I have no clue. Last time I, I think you said it was 12 hours. That's <laughs> like half the day. I've really checked Twitter. Like, how long have we been recording? It's like a muscle. It's like a reflex at this point. I just fucking open the app and like, I need to stop. I need to touch grass. <laughs> yeah. No, dude. I mean, sometimes I literally like delete it and like, but like, I always have to like, I'll see something. I'll think of a tweet. Like, this is the thing. I will be outside doing things, running. Dude, that's what it's come to you. And then, yeah, and then the tweet comes to me. And then I'm like, oh, shit. I just want to, like, I wish I could just save it. So then I actually do. I actually do have a notes. <laughs> I have a note your first tweets. No, me. If, the, if, I, if I get, like, a spiritual download from the oh, yeah. To tweet, I have to drop everything I'm doing and tweet. I don't care if I'm driving. I don't care. I don't care what I'm doing. I, I know what you're saying completely. I feel this the, way too. The feminine urge to tweet. Oh no! So fucking retarded. I hate it. Anyways, speaking of touching grass, um, I. Yeah, so I recently went outside. From let's let's segue into this. Oh, okay. So, um, I yeah, I was feeling very just like sucked into the Twitter timeline. Um, just like I was feeling disgusting. So I booked like a last minute, uh, off the grid trip in like a cabin in the redwood forest um yeah like no phone service nothing uh just to like touch grass for the weekend uh how was it it was great um it was very peaceful it's crazy how many thoughts come to you when you're not just like bombarded by information overload constantly um but i brought uh nietzsche's birth of tragedy uh with me to the cabin um to read and i finished it in like two days it's a pretty it's a very dense book um but it's pretty small so it was easy to like knock out in a weekend um because we yeah we ordered birth of tragedy to actually review for this pod 
for not review. Oh, not review. I mean, Allison, I don't think we are in the. I I guess we're just doing like a book club type situation. Um, but yeah, while I was on my weekend trip reading this book, I like um got a lot of inspiration for my next Substack article, which I recently put out about uh, Lana Del Rey and Nietzsche. Um, so it, it's just, uh, it's nice how if you like remove yourself from constant information overload that like once everyone else's ideas aren't like screaming at me 24 seven, I can actually formulate my own ideas. And uh, it feels good, man. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of crazy, though, that I have to sequester myself into an off-grid cabin now just to read a book. <laughs> yeah, that, that does suck. Uh, but it's good that you did it. Uh, that sounds like a fucking cool mood setting. Um, did you philosophy. Did you finish Birth of Tragedy? Yeah, so I'm... I've, like, been finished with the book. I'm just, like, reading, like, everything I could read online to, like, properly decipher. Because the thing is, dude, there's so much shit that I feel like... Yeah. Other, like, I feel like almost... At, you, if you really want to go hard, like, you can pretty much decipher something from every other sentence in that book. Like, oh, yeah. You can decipher a true message. This book is like in. I look like a schizo. Like how much stuff is underlined, and like wrote a bunch of stuff like on the side, like after I underlined something, and it's like the fuck up. Um, yeah, I, mean, there was I, I do that too. But I, I yeah. like I took. I literally like had like my phone out, and like I have like a notes like specific section for like all of the thoughts that I have been thinking about about the Apollonian and the Dionysian over the last like two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Um obviously I put out like a Substack article with my main takeaways and how I tied it into Lana Del Rey. But honestly so yeah, I think the book was great. It was cool. Uh, I love Nietzsche, but there was a lot of it I also did not comprehend because I'm yeah. a retarded woman uh, who, first of all, I guess women can't truly understand Nietzsche. <laughs> no, uh, I think men on Twitter have been telling me this week. I think mm. Nietzsche's very feminine, to be honest with you. And I think he, I think I, I think he writes from the feminine perspective. Of yeah, he's a, he's a poet. He's in touch with uh, his own personal tragedy. Yeah. Um, but which was apparently very tragic, which was a very tragic kind of life. Yeah. I think the fact that he was an incel just, like, makes all the right-wing Twitter guys, um, like, uphold him as this, like, incel figure uh, where, like, oh, Nietzsche's off-limits to women. Like, look at all this shit that Nietzsche writes about women uh, about how much he hates the women, how he thinks women are useless, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't know, a lot of it is probably out of context. Honestly, um, I don't know. I I love Nietzsche. Like, back when I was on Tumblr, like, in 2012, 2013 or whatever, that's when I was really first exposed to Nietzsche. And, like, 
um, his philosophy. I would come across like quotes on Tumblr from Nietzsche all the time. And I, I always really resonated with them and liked them because they're always about uh, nature and they're always very poetic and uh, well said. Um, I think the concept of like getting in touch with your true nature can be feminine and masculine uh, because there's a true feminine and a true masculine nature to each of us so I I don't know I think um I think the boys should stop gatekeeping Nietzsche so much uh I think so too and not only that but like I feel like Nietzsche is like the go-to like for like you know um Gen Z I think everyone's a nihilist I'm saying it's like a, the it, it is the philosophy of 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 well, them. It's their philosophy, truly. Yeah, I would say we like live in a very um, nihilistic society now. Somebody I follow on Twitter, um, I forgot who it was, but it was an interesting thread about how like kids these days will take like photos and shit outside of like dilapidated um, really? buildings that are like falling apart that are all like full of graffiti and I've done this as like a degenerate teen like um, when I lived in St. Louis me and my friends would go to bandos which are like abandoned buildings and we would uh, like take photos there uh, of like the destruction the abandoned building like the state of <laughs> the state of collapse uh, and it's inherently just very nihilistic um for zoom i don't know it is really interesting yeah i just think they they, they, there's obviously you know not like a lot of uh things to derive meaning like true meaning from you know everybody every there there is a central uh sort of plan or principle that's guiding everyone everyone's just kind of you know winging it um so like that but like you know that's why i think Nietzsche is like the philosopher of the modern man and that's why at least when I read him I a lot of it resonates like very easily um mm -hmm. for me and I think that's actually a bad thing <laughs> yeah because uh, I because I, I want to think like differently than this <laughs> no I would say like the only reason you would say he's the philosopher for the modern man is because of his nihilism and that's like a concept that everyone in this day and age is like very in touch with um I'm I've always been very nihilistic I've always uh been an angsty like I hate the world I hate everyone I hate myself uh, and atheist and atheist right like like yes, pretty much yeah um, I mean, well, I grew up not atheist and, of course, rebelled when I was, like, 14 and was like, yeah, okay. Okay, so, so kind, uh, of, kind of same. I'm not an atheist now. I definitely do believe in a higher power. Yeah. Um, but I do still struggle with those nihilistic feelings of, like, but does any of this really matter? Yeah. <laughs> uh, which I think is just ingrained in most millennials and Zoomers at this point, unless you did grow up and stuck to a religion, you know? Um, yeah, which is very rare. You don't really see that, especially in the West. Um, yeah. No one's like, no one actually takes religion yeah. seriously. 
Yeah, like you said, there's no, um, like, what did you say, like, central guiding force anymore? There's no principle, there's no plan that's going, that, like, no one knows what they're doing. Like, we're all just winging it. And we're doing it. And the the reason why we're doing things is, like, not because we want to do them, but because, like, other people want us to do them. Because, like, your dad or your mom or your friends or, you know, society wanted you to do it instead of, like, what... Yeah, well, what God wants you to do. Like society. Well, I mean, at the end of the day, it really is just, bro, like at the end of the day. No, no, I just thought I lost it. Um, But no, I think uh, like back in the day, right, um, the central guiding force for most people um, was religion, uh, spirituality. The central guiding force in life, like, was religion. And death, Um, being very, very scared of death. Because yeah. it happened a lot easier. Yes. Um, but now, yeah, we've we've truly lost <laughs> lost our way. Um, what are we gonna do? It's <laughs> very nihilistic of us. Oh no, we gotta find money. Fuck. Right. We can only find hope and redemption from the suffering of life through. The Dionysian, as Nietzsche says in Birth of Tragedy. Um, For sure. So if you're feeling nihilistic, just uh, submerge yourself in some art, some Dionysian art. Um, you said Dionysian. I said, said Dionysian. How is it said? Dionysian. I think it's, yeah, Dionysian. I like when you're saying Dionysian. <laughs> yeah, probably sound, I'm probably saying it wrong. Um, Sounds good. I like it. But, um, yeah, uh, I think art, uh, truly Dionysian art, uh, calls us back to our true nature. I think, yeah, um, despite, like, Nietzsche's nihilism, uh, the reason why I love him so much and why he's probably so popular, like, among Zoomers, um, these days, even Zoomers who don't have like a huge understanding of Nietzsche or really his philosophy, I think um, the thing that really sticks out despite his nihilism is just like calling yourself back to your true nature, whatever that is. And I think most people have just completely lost touch with what their true nature is. And um, yeah. I think we could find redemption uh, out of suffering <laughs> by a. Uh, getting in touch with that again and um yeah i uh i really liked this book <laughs> yeah no for sure and 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 the thing is is like i i knew this stuff like kind of vaguely before reading it um but now like it's a little bit more clear but i it's like put it this way it's a little bit more clear but like it there's also like thousands more questions that i have um yeah that i don't like i literally like don't think i'm ever gonna get an answer to so it's uh it's it's there's just it's so fucking complicated dude like it's because the dude like just the way that he talks it's like so like i'm like i'm tired after like two sentences of reading him like it's like i don't even know what you just said i have to go back and not only that but we're not we're not classically fucking like trained like philosophers i don't understand like i don't know a lot about greek tragedy dude no me neither i literally had to like google greek tragedy and read wikipedia 
I like looked up like short summaries of like fucking Bakke or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how do you pronounce it. B a c c h a or some shit. One of Euripides' fucking plays, that fucking Euripides. I didn't really care too much to, like, do a ton of research on the stuff that didn't resonate with me. I don't know. Whenever I read a book, particularly, like, a philosophy book, I kind of just take, like, what resonates with me and um, I take it away. Like, maybe that's very woman of me to not, like, care to understand every concept that Nietzsche talks about. Um, in the book, I kind of just, uh, yeah, certain things stick out and resonate with me, and that's what I take away from the book. Um, whatever speaks to my true nature, right? Uh, I don't try too hard to understand uh, these concepts that maybe, frankly, I'm not meant to know right now because... Wow. That's such a beautiful way of putting it, because frankly, I'm not meant to know right now. It'll happen another time. <laughs> yeah, I... I I'm a huge believer. I don't know. I do think there's like a higher um, higher force like guiding us all along and uh, the lessons we learn in life. We learn at uh, the time we're supposed to know. Um, exactly, dude. I, I think you're 100% right, dude. We don't have to know it all. We really know we don't have to know it all. Uh, we just need to know those things that resonate with us. That sounds so gay. Um, we need to know. All right. Well, we need to know. All right. I'm like very, I'm like not very high, but like I'm pretty moderately um, blazed right now. We need to need know. To well, I think what I was, what I was trying to get at um, when I read your fucking Lana article, it was that like tragedy is like a projection of the emotion it's not the emotion itself so yeah so like it's it's only like your way of perceiving it like it's not like actually it itself like you you are still the person that needs to experience the feeling yeah when god was created so the christian god or whatever essentially like god always yeah, well, I mean, we all have, like, the, the, God always existed, but, like, there was, you know, different gods. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about the Christian God or the Judeo-Christian God. This is what Nietzsche says. It's that essentially, like, th- th- that feeling itself, like, that is God. Like, that is yeah. what God is. And because God loves you no matter what, there's no reason for you to have this, like, big tragedy you understand? Like, there's no reason to create this, like, sad song. There's no reason to create yeah. a sad play because God loves you no matter what. I would say that's a very, like, normie take on God and religion. I don't know. It's, like, I'm not high IQ by any means, but I feel like that's how most... Um, that's how most people think. Yeah, that's how most religious people think. Uh, like, every... All the... all tra- Your personal tragedy, like is absolved in the fact that like god loves me so <laughs> yeah um personally i've never resonated with that um yeah you know I, I i haven't i mean there now i do but there were definitely times in my life where that didn't resonate with me so i totally understand that that resonates with you now what it, it actually does resonate with me now but it's a little bit more complicated than that no, I'm curious as to what like the breakthrough was because honestly like i have tried to be religious um 
but I feel like my my nihilism and uh, I just can't bring myself to truly believe. Yeah. No, I get that. It. I truly like ev- like my, my suffering is absolved in the fact that like Jesus loves me, God loves me. Yeah. Um. What was like your breakthrough? Like what it's, changed? It's just it's it's literally like that. Every argument eventually just comes back to the fact that like God is everything. Yeah, well, I can understand that concept. Like, God isn't everything. Um, There's this spiritual quality and essence that weaves itself throughout, like, every event in your life, um, every, every, every event on the planet, everything that's ever happened is uh, for a reason. I'm a big, um, very fate-pilled, you know? So I can, I can get that concept, but I can't, like, apply it to my personal uh world your your like ethical or moral code that you go by essentially that 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 like that is your god essentially like it it, the argument like if you're an atheist is like or like if you're like this like typical like nietzschean like nihilist is that like you should um like you are your own god like that's like what zarathustra is essentially like he's yeah. his he's his own god. He has his own code that he goes by, and he just trusts in himself. What God people would say is that's God, but like Zarathustra yeah. would say, no, that's that's me. That that's Zarathustra. Like I did this shit. Like I literally just I just believe in myself. I just fucking love myself. Well, it's interesting. I think you brought up a point a minute ago about how like tragedy is just a feeling, right? Like tragedy. There's Pro- no like projection. Projection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a projection. It's just a feeling. And so is God. God is just a feeling. Um, and that's, I feel like it's pretty obvious, but uh, something I've never really truly thought on. Because um, who has experienced uh, like a physical God? Nobody, unless you have like a divine vision of like Mary or something, uh, which uh, some people do. Some people say that they do. So. Well, some people do have visions of Mary. Some, uh, like stigmata, is uh, I feel like a physical thing that proves that God exists. Um, but yeah, it really is just a feeling within people. And but who's to say that that feeling, like, okay, somebody who thinks everything in my life is okay because God loves me. Is that really God that's giving them that feeling, or is it just um, their own world, their own like Zarathustra, uh, um, like wave? I don't know. There's, but it goes back to the point that you are God, right? Yeah. Um, or like, kind of we're demigods. We're 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 demigods essentially, and like we have like a. In- yeah, we we're supposed to have a relationship with God, and we're supposed to have a relationship with ourselves. Like, uh, we, we we could um, dude, like we could bring up fucking Carl Jung here. Like, he has this idea of the self, and it's comprised of like the what, the persona, the shadow. What is it? The persona, the shadow, the e- oh, is the e- I don't know. I don't know, but here yeah. these these like parts of the self, right? And like the self is like a thing, and that's like really who you are. But, like, that's, like, very hard for you to, like, get in touch with because you have, like, all this other shit to, like, deal with, which is the persona and the shadow or whatever. And that's, like, and, like, what is that? That's, like, you know, the evil forces that, like, 
you know, mm-hmm. go all the way down to hell or like the good forces that like, you know, will uh, help you ascend to heaven. Um, <laughs> that's not who you actually are. There's like another you. Um, well, that's the ego, right? No, like it, the self, like that's like separate from the ego. Oh, like that's your nature. Like that's. That, yeah, people would argue that that is God. Or people would argue that that just means that you have a healthy relationship with God if you're able to get in touch with yourself. Interesting. Instead of, like, relying on a God to, like, do something for you, essentially. Like, you can't just rely on God. Like, I mean, I mean, I'm not saying you can or can't. I'm just, like, I'm simply preaching, like, one... Um, uh, like I don't necessarily believe I don't know if I necessarily believe this or not I'm just preaching one way of interpreting it um, it, God is like um, he's um, he's not going to do something just because you want him to like you can't just like you can't just essentially one way of interpreting this is like you can't just like pray for something to happen and then like it's going to happen you know what I mean like actual prayer like what that is is like um it's you're trying to essentially manifest something yeah i yeah i instead of prayer you actually work towards manifesting the thing and if you actually were and if you work towards manifesting the thing god will make it happen yeah i was just going to say um yeah instead of religion like praying for something to happen and just like having faith in god to like always carry you through life and give you blessings etc i've had more of like a pagan um and like metaphysical i don't know if that's the true <laughs> word um yeah like i've i need to find manifested everything in my life like uh i use like astrology and, and no. like manifestation ritual uh and like magic um to like bring about things in my life i think i don't know you you refer to god as him and he um and obviously most people do they like personify this higher force because it's the easiest way for humans to relate to it right but for me i don't see like calling god him i just i'm so like turned away from that i i think there is a there's a mystical force that permeates everything and you have to learn how to like work with it and tap into it and use um like ancient ways it's the jelly dude yeah. it's, it's the cosmic jelly that we're all squishing in that's yeah God. like i've made things happen deliberately through like um like new moon rituals full moon rituals yeah that the fuck is this shit <laughs> They were so evil. Okay. Which, you're so sad. No, so, no, so there, there's a force uh, that permeates everything, and you have to like learn how. You just gotta learn how to tame it, bro. That's what it is. You just have now. You have to learn how to tap into it and like work with it to um manifest your reality. I think that's what uh, Nietzsche meant when he said primordial unity, right? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> No, I'm on a, I'm paging through the book right now. Um, it's interesting. He's talking about like Dionysic art. He says, uh, I was, "Dude, I was really cool that he actually like spoke about how like that that like whole part of tragedy 
like like how that ended essentially and it was like from this euripides dude <laughs> right <laughs> like this guy just fucked things oh, up euripides, bro me and all my homies hate euripides yeah bro euripides is such a douchebag bro he's such a fucking socratic mind i uh, literally like he's uh, socratic like, i love how he was talking shit on yeah Socrates, i love it um no i'm gonna read this passage i feel like it uh go ahead it aligns with um what we're talking about right now uh god where do i start uh so he's talking about like uh merging with dionysic art um to like convince us of the eternal delight of existence um so we are pierced by the raging goad of those torments just as we become one with the vast primal delight in existence and sense the eternity of that delight in dionysic ecstasy for all our pity and terror we are happy to be alive not as individuals but as the single living thing merged with its creative delight um Whoa. yeah i think at the end of the day we need to just uh merge with the primordial one <laughs> right uh, if that's not if that's if that's uh bars bro can i get an a in men <laughs> mic drop and the fucking pod the right primordial now one and oneness dude i love what he says oneness okay well, you, yeah oneness oh, is a good one god yeah well, he's uh i after that really I mean, dude yeah you pretty much just like mic drop it right then and there yeah that, that was i think that was i think we could um how long do you have want to talk um all right so we've been recording for an hour and a minute yeah um i mean we like it do you want to go or do you I feel I feel terrible for even putting anybody through listening to me for an hour straight. And uh, now nah, this is what the people want, Chloe. Come on, this is what they want. Uh, um, we should we should come up with like a sign off, like how the Red Scare Girls say, "See you in hell." I would love to. Okay. Um. Like, go fuck yourself. Like I don't know. No, I can't. No. Uh, no. 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 All right. I take that back. <laughs> Tell her go fuck yourself. Um. Uh, all right, uh, like, uh, yeah. like that, like that's all, folks. I came up with like a really funny thing today when I was walking down the street that I feel like would be good for this, but I totally forgot what it was. Of course, in this moment, it had something to do with like sucking dick. Uh, wow, like, no, suck do that, suck you and go suck a dick, or I don't know, smell you later. No, that's gay. Sincerely, sincerely, the no, we'll we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we'll cook a little bit. Best best regards. Signing on. <laughs> Signing off. Log uh, bro, logging off. This is the Bohemian Grove podcast. Thank you for listening um, and taking a break from the dark psychic forces of your life to listen to this bullshit. <laughs> Bye. Meditating how sweet life will be when you come back.